Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day today, as always. And be sure to check out the product of the week on the front webpage of healthmasters.com. The last day it will be on sale, the Cortisol Buster product of the week and be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as well on product of the week and one of the things i saw this morning i was going through some different and i found this to be interesting because you know california they're never slacking i mean they're they're always finding a way to outdo themselves with some level of stupidity i mean i can't you know you can't make it up they're 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 always on top of their game trying to step it up and in the heart of Silicon Valley over there, in San Jose, they have now issued a countywide public health order that all businesses and government entities must demand, essentially, the vaccination status of any and all personnel, and they must comply with the rules for personnel who are not fully injected with an experimental RNA shot. It says mandatory rules for personnel not fully vaccinated. Business and government entities must require all personnel who are not fully vaccinated to comply with all applicable provisions of the mandatory directive and use face coverings and comply with all applicable provisions of the health officer's mandatory directive on unvaccinated personnel. Quote right from the county letter. And if you look up the requirements and directives, applicable provisions it pretty much means that you are treated like a second-class citizen not only do you have to keep a face diaper on your face at all times you pretty much are not allowed to be around anybody you're not allowed to socialize with anybody you're not allowed to socially contact with anybody and you pretty much are monitored like you're a leper in the business setting if you, if you read the whole the whole insert on it. And this is crazy to me. Now, it doesn't surprise me in California, nor especially in San Jose over here, right in the middle of Silicon Valley. But it shows you where this is starting to go now to where pretty much they're not going in and mandating this. Because this is one thing that I've talked about for months, and they're having a very difficult time doing this from a legal standpoint is that it's hard to come in and say, oh, well, you're mandated to take an experimental injection because of the FDA rules and guidelines with emergency authorized usage is what this vaccine, or I should say experimental injection is. It's very difficult from a legal standpoint to mandate that you have to be injected with this when it's not even approved for usage. It just has emergency use authorization to it. And so what we're starting to see now is business after business after business starting to put so many draconian rules on employees that they're essentially complying and getting this injection. This is why I've warned everybody about getting involved with the school board very, very aggressively. In any state you're in right now, it is mandatory you do this. The mask on the children is not anything at all that they care about from a health standpoint. It has not been shown one single bit to prove that kids can not get COVID, even though the survival rate's 99.9999, I think 7%, with children. I mean, virtually it doesn't affect them hardly. 
all in any significant manner. The masks are only being implemented further in order to get the emergency use approval for children 6 months to 12 years old with the Pfizer RNA injection. That's it. That is the only reason they're pushing masks right now on these young kids because they want to get this Pfizer injection approved for emergency use so they can mandate it essentially in schools and say, hey, listen, if you want your kid to go back to normal, if you want him to be able to socialize, if you want him to not be an outcast in the school system, he needs to get this injection immediately. And as you guys have already seen and we've talked about in detail, the level of deaths and the level of adverse events is almost unfathomable. I mean, it's nuts to me that so many people are continually going along with this. And I I saw a video yesterday, and granted, I have not been able to fully vet everything on this, but there were videos and there were photos of blood draws under a microscope. So they're basically looking at blood work under a microscope and looking at red blood cells under the microscope before and after this experimental injection. And what's interesting about this is if you start actually digging down deep and looking at what's going on, and granted, like I said, I've not been able to fully vet everything that was on this, but one thing that I have heard and numerous people have told me is that something isn't right after you get this shot. Your blood work, your mind, your mitochondria, your energy, everything is definitely a little bit off. And so it showed in these photos that essentially, you know, the red blood cells before injection, this is what they were saying, they were nice, big, plump red blood cells, looked healthy. And after the injection, they started getting these white spots all in them. And then the further along, a couple days afterwards, they started almost getting a sickly look to them. They had all these white dots all throughout them. And what they were saying is, they said the red blood cells were no longer smooth and symmetrical. They are now covered with lumps and protrusions. And they were saying it's highly probable that it looks like these are nanoparticles, white specks that are showing up in the blood shortly after injection, and that there's not really any way to detox these nanoparticles once they enter the cells in your body. Now, again, those are just the photos and what they were saying on this. I have not personally seen these microscope um footages you know in person i'm just looking at what they had online but it makes sense to me and so that's why it's very very crucial right now my friends that you continue to get the truth out there don't let your friends or family be coerced into doing something they don't need to do now i'm all about freedom of choice if that's something that you decide you've researched and you really want to go inject yourself with an rna gene therapy it's your choice, but don't let anybody tell you you have to do it or you need to do it or it's the thing to do to make sure you stay healthy because I can tell you right now, the last thing on the list that this RNA injection is supposed to do is keep you healthy, and I can tell you that right now from research over the last year. There is nothing about RNA gene therapy that is designed to make you healthy. Just understand that. Get the information, and again, continue to forward these shows and continue to check out the links we have on the website at healthmasters.com. Be sure to get this information out to everybody. What do you think, Deb? Well, Austin, the key thing here is this. You know, Why do they want to inject these children while they're still in the theta brainwave state? Why do they want to inject 
babies and four and five year olds who really haven't got any concrete rational thought who can't even make a decision for themselves because they think they're in a fantasy land. I mean, I was, you know, I was watching Hunter last night, your five year old, and he's just running around, you know, being wild like five year olds are supposed to be when you don't dumb them down with mercury in their brains with from vaccines. And I thought to myself, you know, he's so, how should I say, malleable at this point. Pretty much anything you tell him, they're going to believe. I remember one time uh, Savannah was like four years old. She's 18 now, and she still remembers this incident. And I was messing around with her a little bit, and we have a, like a mirror in our master closet that has doors on it, opens up. And uh, I remember she was basically watching this mirror get installed. And it looks like the wardrobe in that movie, you know, the, with um, whatever the one movie is, with the when they go into another world called Narnia, the witch, the lion, and the wardrobe, or whatever. And I remember it was so funny. She was so into that movie that she goes in there. She goes, oh, "This is the wardrobe." <laughs> I said, "That's right." And I said, "Do you want to go over to Narnia?" And she goes, "Yes," and because it was closed, and I was just playing with her, and and so she was, "But wait, Daddy, I got to get my jacket because it's snowing over there." And I started laughing, and I said, and I opened it up for Savannah. I said, I'm just kidding with you. I said, that's just a story, and it's make-believe. But she was going to go and get her jacket so she could go over to Narnia in the snow because she was all in. So why do they want to do that? Why do they want to inject children who are in that mind state, that theta brainwave state? Is it going to change their brain? Is it going to basically hardwire and program to be obedient slaves to the state? Is it going to prevent them from ever developing connections to the great I am? Is it going to prevent them from ever believing in God? I don't know. You know, they got some pretty wild technology out there now, especially if these these blood cells under these microscopes are any indication of what they're doing to your overall health. And we just need to realize that, you know, protect your children. I mean, why in the world, you know, would you want your child to get an experimental shot? Who would even sign a child up for that? But then I was talking to Sharon about that the other day, and I said, well, you know, these kids are getting like 76 vaccines now. And they're basically, you know, in a situation where the parents have been programmed to inject them. And the first generation of children who have been fully injected have already gone into the second generation of children being fully injected. And the parents were all programmed to inject their parents, their children, and the children were all programmed to inject their children. And now what are they doing to the kids? Are they turning into something else? Are they going to be non-humans? Are they going to be something else? And if they're going to be something else, what's that something else supposed to be? I mean, this is some weird stuff we've got going on with this genetic manipulation and genetic engineering right now. So be very, very careful. And Pfizer is all bent about making more money injecting little children. It could be part of the giant, how should I say, elimination of the excess useless eaters, as Henry Kissinger likes to call us, as far as reducing the population of the planet down to 500 million by stopping the reproduction facility in a young child or a young girl or a young boy at the age of four or five. I guess they could do that if they really mess with their DNA hard enough in the developmental phases and stages of their life. I guess they could change them completely where they'd never be able to have children. I guess that's possible. I don't know. It's kind of weird, though, that Pfizer's pushing so hard to get this approval. Remember, all of these big drug companies are all owned and controlled through BlackRock and Vanguard, which is owned and controlled by the Bloodline families and, of course, the Rothschild banking cartels. Now, the Rothschild's getting all mad at the Treasury. The Rothschild's getting all mad at everybody. The Fed's getting mad at everybody. says they're going to start taking control of everything, which they've done that a long time ago through the Exchange Stability Fund when they took over the Treasury through the New York Fed. This happened back in the 30s. When they made it illegal to hold gold. So they're just telling us what they've already been doing now for the past almost 100 years. It's just crazy that they're actually coming out admitting to it. 
now the Wuhan narrative basically is being pushed by the mainstream press, I guess, to try to blame shift away from the United States and what we do in our laboratories as far as gain of function research. We're trying to blame everything on the Chinese, which are also controlled by the central bank in China, by the Rothschild banking cartel, who paid for the communist revolution as they did the Russian revolution and the killing of the Tsar. So it's always that same group that's doing all of this stuff. And we just have to be aware of what's happening and think through it. But I've got some interesting news for you guys. Yesterday, yesterday I went in and got a uh, chelation, basically, injection. It's a slow-feed chelation to help to get any type of calcium out of my arteries. And you do it at the doctor's office. It's not available through supplements. You can do it through the EDTA, taken through supplements, you know, the chelation stuff that we have in the office, but it's a lot slower. So every so often I go in and I have an injection of, the, of this EDTA. And they took my blood pressure yesterday. And I haven't even told this to Austin yet. And I was sitting there and I got my blood pressure taken. I was relaxed and it came back. I've been taking the HGH Stimulate every day since I read that article about what HGH, about nitric oxide, and also what happens, you know, when you basically uh, <laughs> take the N-acetylcysteine as far as protection of the arteries. And I got my blood pressure. And she says, uh, your blood pressure is 100 over 60. And I remember I'm 65 years old and I'm on no blood pressure meds. And I looked at her, I said, 100 over 60? I said, eh, it can't be that low. I said, take it again. And she kind of looked at me, kind of got huffy with me, says, well, I know how to take blood pressure. And I said, well, I'm happy for you. Go ahead and take it again. So she took it the second time. It was like 1 over 4 over 63. Now, you guys are saying, wow, that's pretty impressive blood pressure for a 65-year-old. Like That's like a highly trained athlete. And I do continue to work out, but I'm not that highly trained of an athlete anymore. than just 65. But the reality is this. You know, that gives you an indication of how easily you can control, you know, and manage and maintain healthy blood pressure through the use of supplementation. I also take the magnesium brain food every day and the regular magnesium mallet every day. And so that helps to relax the arteries. So it's important that we all understand that blood pressure is easy to manage if you do it with health, with you, with you healthily from a nutrition and supplement standpoint and exercise. And also you can do a lot with cholesterol. If your cholesterol is over 250, you can bring it back down pretty easily. If it's under 250, it's really no big deal. I don't like it under 200 at all. I don't because as cholesterol drops under 200, all disease rates go through the roof, including cancer, which really goes through the roof. Your body has to have cholesterol. But also yesterday I was reading the article. That was an article. It was a little commentary of several paragraphs from Carmen that she had written on pretty much where did all where have all the alpha males gone and why have they abdicated their authority and their responsibility as men. And then uh, and Terry heard that show and she's another friend of mine who basically uh, pretty much a high powered attorney with the state attorney's office worked for the FBI and uh, she's been a good friend for gosh thirty over thirty years. And she wrote me an article, wrote me a text also, and I want to read this to you because I think it's really important because we need to understand what they've done to us through the Frankfurt School. We need to understand what they've done to us through Playboy. Now, Terry was never married. She adopted a couple of children, and Terry's an absolutely wonderful woman, would have been a wonderful wife, and perhaps will still be someone's wife. But the reality is, is that you know Terry's in her 60s now, and her kids are grown. She's looking back, I get in retrospect, as you know, her life. And we need to understand when 1933 occurred and the guys from the Frankfurt School got out there from Goethe University, went to Switzerland after Hitler took power, then spent a year in Switzerland. The Swiss probably kicked them out. They came to the United States at Columbia University and credentialed a whole bunch of other Russian communists from all over the world that came into the United States and put them in our university systems. 
And what ended up happening is they brought us this woman's liberation. They brought us the communism. They brought us the stuff that basically was being taught by the Frankfurt School who were so curious as to why Germany didn't accept nationalism. Uh, excuse me, why Germany would not accept communism and only wanted nationalism. And then they also were curious as far as the United States being the pinnacle on the hill, and they blamed the reason that people wouldn't accept communism on the United States also as being the example for the world to follow and that they should not be able to follow that example. So they decided to go into the United States university systems and corrupt the United States and just corrupt the people in the United States. They brought us Gloria Steinem. They brought us Hugh Hefner. They brought us all of the filth. They brought us the rock and roll industry. They brought us Hollywood. They brought us everything. And they have destroyed the value system of the United States, and now they are like a 100 times greater in influencing culture and youth than the church is. Because, of course, the churches and the Protestant churches and the Catholic churches and all the churches that preach Jesus, they basically put onto the back burner because they were basically old fogies. And they had this group of kids come out, and basically mainly from Laurel Canyon in California with their LSD, with Timothy O'Leary and all the rest of the stuff that permeated the college culture of the 60s. And they basically stood against traditional values and norms, and they opened up this sexual revolution, which was allowed to be brought to us. Because we had developed a birth control pill. They had done it before in the 20s, but too many people got pregnant, too many people got STDs. But now we had penicillin, and now we had the birth control pills that give us free love, free sex, free everything. And they corrupted and destroyed the United States fabric of our society by pushing these loose morals onto everyone. And here's what Terry says. She said, I think the free sex era made possible by birth control and the playboy culture gave young men an excuse to not grow up and commit to a woman and future family. Add to that the invention of 24-hour sports channels and then online video games, and males can have comfort and amusement every day without the hassle of building a long-term relationship. And Christian women became sluttier and sluttier as they tried to chase the few guys who showed up at church. Scores of guys chose a a succession of immediately available, worldly females over the difficulty of a six-month courtship of a godly woman. And that was in the church. Ask me how I know. And see, this is the thing that we have to understand, that when men get comfortable and they basically can go out and, gosh, it's going to sound, this may have to take you tell your kids to not listen to this one. When men can go out and basically sample all the goods, I'll put it that way, without ever making a commitment, without ever having the right to basically, you know, be with a woman because they've had this godly courtship that they've gone through and they can just find a different girl every weekend. And girls are the same thing, by the way, with guys. Then the relationship part of it goes away because it's like, well, why do I want to have the relationship when I can still have the sampling of the goods without basically having a commitment? Why do I want to get married to somebody when the courts have made it so unbelievably awful for people when they get divorced as far as, as far as division of marital assets and the destruction of the nuclear family through the Department of Family Services? They've made it all – and then not, let's not even forget the marriage penalty that you have when you get married. You know, That's just like a, the extra tax they like to throw on everybody who's married. And so all of these things have been done for one reason only, to destroy the nuclear family. And this is the problem that we've run into in the United States now. We find ourselves 70, 80, 100 years down the road from all of this stuff, and nobody wants to hear the truth. Nobody wants to be involved with the dissemination of the truth, particularly from the pulpits. Let me give you an example. This just happened. A bishop has asked 
for the resignation of a Catholic priest who blasted godlessness of the Democrats and allowed parishioners to attend mass without masks. So he was talking about the problems associated with being a Democrat, and he allowed his parishioners to basically come to mass without a mask. So now the bishop is asking for this resignation of this Catholic priest. Now, here's what this Catholic priest did and what he said and what's so absolutely awful for what he did, according to these guys. As the bishop has stated to me, I am ineffective. For the record, dear family, Bishop Callahan has asked me to resign as pastor as of this past Friday, two days ago, because I am divisive and ineffective, he said. Altman, Pastor Al Altman, added amid the audible shock of some parishioners that he is contesting Bishop Callahan's request. In response, my this is a quote, my canon lawyer asked for clarification, asked for the justification, and a chance to review what was in my file that suggested I was so divisive and ineffective as a Catholic priest. And I say all of this only because I am no expert on canon law, but understand only that while we are contesting Bishop's request, and we are, he could in theory appoint a parish administrator whilst I remain a pastor without duties until the appeal goes through Rome, which could take up to a year or so more. He's already raised $115,000 for legal fees. Now, here's what he said that got them so angry. Because, remember, the Catholic Church is completely infiltrated now at the highest levels with the Masonic Lodge. Happened under Vatican II back in the 50s and 60s and basically was infiltrated through the Vatican Bank with the transportation of drugs coming out of Southeast Asia. And they used the Vatican Bank, which is its own entity there in Rome, to basically launder drug money for the mob and the CIA. So the Vatican at this point is unbelievably filthy. It really is, and it's sad because there are a lot of good, God-fearing Catholics who love Jesus, who loathe the administration that is coming out of Rome and the liberal policies of the current pope, who is a hardcore communist who is directly involved in Operation Gladio in South America in Buenos Aires. I mean, so we have a problem with Catholics now not liking their own leadership, which is sad. It really, really is. But here are the horrible things that this pastor said, this priest said, as far as why they're taking him out. He has criticized Joe Biden as anything but a Catholic, a faithful Catholic, and that's absolutely the truth. Joe Biden probably is a Kabbalist. Number two, addressing clueless, baptized Catholics, he has said that one cannot be a Catholic and be a Democrat, period, and added that Catholics who vote Democrat should repent of their support of that party and its platform or face the fires of hell. That's pretty strong. And so the reality is, is if you're going to be a Democrat and you're going to believe in abortion and all the things with pro-gay, pro-everything else they have, you kind of need to think through it. Number three, he has called Planned Parenthood the most racist organization on the face of this planet. And that's pretty much true. He has called the Southern Poverty Law Center as one of the most godless, communist, and anti-American left-wing radical organizations in the United States, that's also true. He has blasted Black Lives Matter as Marxist and communist. That's absolutely true. We need to throw Satanists in there, too. He has called the COVID-19 vaccine an experimental use of genetic-altering substance that modifies your body and your temple of the Holy Spirit. Whoa, he's 100% right on that. And finally, in defiance of diocese protocols, he has ignored capacity and social distancing restrictions and allowed his parishioners to not wear masks. Shame on this peasant for doing that. Bishop Callahan maintained COVID protocols throughout his diocese despite the repeal of the Wisconsin's mask mandate in March. We need to pray for 
Pastor Altman. Quite frankly, you know, it frustrates me when a man stands up for what's right and his own organization says, no more, we're going to dump you. Now, the Catholics in their church and their hierarchy, it all comes out of Rome, which is what this alluded to. And so it would be very difficult for him to start his own parish or his own church without being (laughs) – well, what they would do is they would excommunicate him. They would basically tell him that he's going to go to hell, that he's going to go directly to hell. Then he's not going to pass go. He's not going to collect $200. It will be directly to hell for you because you're going to be excommunicated, and we're going to pass judgment on you. And they feel they have the authority to do that. The problem is if the priest really believes it, it's not something they want to do or go to. So it becomes a real problem for these Catholic priests who leave the diocese and leave the church. Also, one of the other reasons this has all gotten so bad with the Catholic church is because of the – this is the child pedophile stuff that's going on. What's happening with literally thousands of priests around the world because the Catholic Church has allowed it to happen. They basically endorsed it and they basically uh, have gone in and paid a bunch of fines and a bunch of civil penalties and a bunch of lawsuits and pay people off and everything else. But in many cases, these priests are still allowed to stay in their function or roles as priests, which is ludicrous. So there are a lot of things happening in the Catholic Church. But again, all of the stuff that happens in anything, the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, the Christian Church, and whatever the, the you know the the different churches you know the Orthodox Church, all of this stuff is being designed for only one thing: divide and conquer, to destroy the relationship that any of these parishioners have with God and with Jesus Christ, to cause to have questions in their mind as far as leadership, church doctrine, and who God really is. And this is a problem. That's why on this show I'm so careful and I'm so clear that it's always about Jesus, for He is the author. He is the finisher, and he is the perfecter of our faith. It is not about your pastor or your priest or the pope, guys. It's not. It's about your personal relationship with the most high God through Jesus Christ, his son, who died on a cross for you and shed his blood for you as an omnipresent being to provide eternal sacrifice and eternal restoration for you to God Almighty. That's what Christianity is. And if people finally understood that, we could change the world again as we had done for thousands of years until the Catholic Church became so hopelessly corrupt with the selling of indulgences some five or six hundred years ago. But I want to cover that with you and read what Terry had to say about that, because she's absolutely right. And guys, a lot of you, if you could see the spiritual state of the women that you're dating, now I'm just going to be blunt. If you see the spiritual state, if you could see them from a spiritual mirror, a spiritual photograph, if you could see them, you know, what they really look like from a spirit standpoint, you probably wouldn't want to, how should I say, date them or be with them. It's really important that you realize that. I have a friend of mine right now who's just gone through a divorce. So many of my friends have gone through divorces, and these are Christian guys. And for various reasons, these divorces have taken place. But the first thing I always tell them, before you start dating somebody, before you find out you know, whether you like them or not, you need to find out what their relationship with Jesus is. You need to talk to them about that. It doesn't matter – how pretty they are or how good a shape they're in. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's part of, you know, the package if you're blessed enough to get the entire package with a girl that you really like and you're physically attracted to her. But guys, I'm telling you this. I'm going to let you know this. Most of the pretty girls that I dated had no relationship with Christ. That's number one. And number two, a lot of the really pretty ones, they had some serious mental issues because they've been catered to their entire lives as far as being pretty. And that same thing happens with guys that are really, really good looking. I've got one friend of mine. He's almost 60 years old now. He's been a player his entire life. The guy's like six foot six. He's unbelievably good looking. The problem is his looks have been a hindrance to him as far as spiritual growth, relationships, everything else. 
I've learned a long, long time ago, look at the inside. Because remember, beauty may be only skin deep, right? But when you have a person that's got a horrible personality, that goes down to the bone. And you've got to realize that if you're going to get along with somebody in a long-term relationship, you've got to have common values. You both need to know who Jesus Christ is. You don't need to be marrying outside of your face. It's very, very, very important. And one of the first things I did when I started dating Sharon almost 40 years ago now, first week I told her, I said, I want you to go to church with me if you'd like to go. That's the first week. I went out with her like on a Tuesday night. The following Sunday, we were in church together. Why? Because I wanted to set the precedent of what I expected in the relationship. And she was all about it because she went to church on a regular basis. So, guys, it's so important that we understand that we need to be equally yoked. you got to look at the spiritual level of the person you're dating, both men and female. If the guy wants to go out and get drunk every weekend, if he's been sleeping with a bunch of whores, just be blunt with you guys. You probably, unless he has a true conversion to Christ, you're probably going to find yourself in a real mess if you're a lady. Same thing with the girls. I spoke with one guy years ago. I'll never forget this. I'm going to tell you the story and be a little more graphic here since I'm going here today. The guy's a medical doctor. He got into, he'd never been married. He's like, well, he had been, uh, he'd never been married. He's like 37 years old. Brought a girl over. She's like 33 years old. And basically we're talking to her and she's getting really secular. He's supposed to be a Christian. And finally, I, I told her she likes to go to bars and go dancing and out in the world with, you know, with all these heathen. And finally, I asked her, and I'd be real blunt, and I'll say it in the way that they use in their common vernacular for the kids that are listening. I said, what's your body count? Which means, you know, how many guys you've been with. And she goes, it's over 50. I don't really know. I went, whoa. And I thought, okay. So, so I just got up and left, and she was all mad at me that I'd asked that question. And, and then I, my buddy came in the house a little while later, and he goes, man, I had no idea. I said, well, you need to ask those questions. And it doesn't really matter if they're a Christian and they were in the world before they became a Christian, as long as they're not living like that anymore. At that point, what difference is made? We've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. I said, but the reality is if she's still actively going to bars, if she's still actively going out and dancing in bars, and she slept with all of these different guys, how in the world do you expect if you marry her for her not to do that or continue to do that? He goes, well, I've never thought about that. I said, you need to think about that. And same thing with women. If you're dating a guy who wants to go out and get drunk every weekend, but he said he's going to go to church with you on Sunday morning, you kind of need to reevaluate that. You say, well, there's just not many guys out there to date. I got that. There aren't that many girls to date either that are godly because the Frankfurt School has taken care of that, haven't they? Which is basically Kabbalist run. But we have to all work together and try to stay within the body of Christ as far as our dating. I'm sorry I got kind of preachy about that today, but it's so important that we understand that because your values have to be the same. It doesn't matter how you put the lid on the toothbrush or the toothpaste. Who cares? Whatever. Just buy some different toothpaste for you and give your wife a different tube of toothpaste. Who cares? It doesn't matter if you don't put the dishes in the in the dishwasher as soon as you're supposed to. It doesn't matter. Those types of things, after you get married for a while, everybody says, well, you got to put the dishes away anyhow. Can't get all mad about that. But the reality is this. The fundamental things, what kind of relationship you have with Jesus, what is your prayer life like? You know, and I'm not saying that you have to go to church every Sunday because, you know, this whole thing, COVID thing has showed people, a lot of people that, you know, they've got a real good relationship with God, whether they go to church every Sunday or not. But also realize this. The Bible says in Hebrews 10:25, do not forsake the assemblings of yourselves together. Some are in the process of doing in these later latter days. And this is what we have to do. We need that corporate anointing. We need that corporate fellowship. We need that corporate accountability to be with a group of like minded believers on a regular basis. So always remember that, too. Try to go to church as much as you possibly, possibly can and try to find a church 
that's teaching the values that you believe and basically the relationships that you want as far as good godly people. Very, very important. Austin, I know I went a little bit long on this today, but I wanted to cover that because there are a lot of single people listening. What do you think of what's your next story, bud? Well, that's that's great. I mean, that's good information. And, you know, one thing that I've, I've seen a lot as far as from the decline of a lot of not only just moral structure, but also communication in the younger generation. I saw this a lot when social media kind of become became prevalent in the mid-2000s when I was in college. And, you know, MySpace was the big one that came out. And, um, you know, obviously that morphed into all these other things we've seen now. And now there's, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all, all these other ridiculous social media platforms. But one thing that I'm getting at about that is it's crucial, especially with kids, that you do not allow them to get involved with these social media platforms very early. They are designed to do exactly what they do, <laughs> and that is control you, to monitor you, and to basically change the way you think and change the way you view things. If you're a grown adult and you have a social media platform and you use it for business and so forth, it, it, there's really nothing – there's no issue with it. When you start taking these young children, and this is what I personally saw because you know, back when I was in college, it was right at that beginning phase – of social media, like I said, in the mid two thousands. And so there really wasn't, there wasn't much social media out there. I mean, if you pretty much wanted to go out with somebody or go out to lunch or go out to dinner or whatever, you pretty much had to go see when you saw them. Hey, go run up and talk to them. Go strike a conversation. And the thing about that back then is it kind of allowed you to do exactly what Dan said. You kind of build a relationship, whether you're trying to date or whether you're just friends, but it allows you to kind of inter interact with them on a personal level. And you start asking questions, you know, start talking about different topics. And in most cases, certain topics usually came up on their own. Like that, just like certain things like that. You know, what about, you know, what's your stance on abortion? What's your stance on vaccines? And, you know, the list goes down the line. And those topics would just naturally come about because you're talking and you're having coffee and you're hanging out with people and you're constantly conversing for, you know, hours a week. And the problem is that's all disappeared now. The vast majority of guys that I've seen in the younger generation, they don't even really know how to approach females. They don't, they don't know how to do it. They know how to send them, you know, DMs on social media. They know how to make, you know, stupid comments on Instagram. They know how to do that. But actual, like, in direct engagement of a conversation with a girl that they like or somebody that they're interested in, most of them don't know how to do it. They don't, they don't know. They literally, oh, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to talk to her. Well, well, I see her over there. Let me find her online and let me find her profile and I'll send her a message. I'm like what? What? She she's forty feet away from me, bro. Go talk to her, you know. And it's just, but it, that's where it's at now. And so it's been the slow decline. And the problem with that as well is it's made a lot of relationships so void of any true communication and even knowing one another. And it really has, and I've watched it. So that's why, again, I encourage you keep the kids, keep the young children off these social media platforms. There is not one single benefit of having a young child or a young teenager with all these social media platforms. Not one, not one that I've ever seen at all, ever. Not one single benefit. It's only negatives. And so that is something we all have to understand because the further we go down this rabbit hole now, 
of technology. We, we've opened up this Pandora's box, all these different topics, all these different things now. I mean, we got Elon Musk talking about Neuralink. He wants to start, you know, chipping people's skulls, start having them, you know, tie into your phone so you can integrate your cell phone right into your brain and see what's going on with it, with 6G system. I told everybody that, you know, over a year and a half ago, and that technology started to be more prevalent. People were like, oh, that's not real. I said, okay, here's, here's the article. 5G was just a stepping stone for 6G. 6G, they want full augmented virtual reality to be able to see it without it being there because you basically have a chip in your skull and it projects it. They want to be able to project music into your skull without you having earbuds in. This sounds like science fiction. It's not. This is the stuff they're working on right now. And this is the further and further they're going to take it down the line. The problem with that is, as you guys can already see the issues, you start allowing stuff to be implanted in your body. You start allowing stuff to be augmented. You start seeing these things. What's to say they can't continually bombard you with all types of other very, very perverse items? That, that's where it's going to go. So at any time, you're constantly being bombarded with all this stuff you don't need to be seeing. And this is kind of where you start looking back and you wonder. When you start reading verses, like when it talks about the beginning of the Bible with Sodom and Gomorrah, every man, both young and old, descended on Lot's house and demanded he basically send the angels out so they could rape them. Every man, young and old. Now, you got to start wondering, what the heck happened to that town? I mean, that, that, that's a bit perverted. I mean, let's be real. That's, that's how demented it got over there. I mean, until it got firebombed with sulfur from God Almighty. He had enough of that place. That's where they're starting to take this. That's why they're promoting this unbelievably perverted ideology to the young children. They know they're never going to get this stuff around, as far as me or dad or any of our friends and family, they start talking about running around with cross-dressing perverts. No, no, we're not going to accept any of that. That's not, it's not something I'm ever going to be okay with as far as sitting around saying, oh, that's totally normal. But they know if they can pervert and pollute the young minds of these children right now, if they can control them, they can mold them, and they can make them adapt to whatever perversion is coming, these younger kids won't know the difference. And it'll be our faults, guys. It will be 100% our fault for letting this happen. That's why I continue to encourage people, get involved with what's going on in the school systems right now. This is not a joke. They're playing for blood. They want the kids. They want their minds. They want their very souls. And that is why they're going after them in the school system so hard right now with these trans Marxists, with this hardcore leftist perverted indoctrination, the LGBTQRS, TUVZ, whatever other letter they want to come up with it tomorrow. I mean, it's asinine to the highest degree that we're actually sitting back and saying, oh, okay, well, this is just, you know, they're, they're just being inclusive. They're not being inclusive. These guys don't want to be inclusive. They don't want to be around anybody that's normal, Christian, moral, biblical. They want to own all the marbles. 
They want to control all of it. They want every thought of every man to be evil all the time. And the only way to get that happening is through the kids. Because once you pervert and pollute the kids, that's it. The society's over with. There are no more morals. There's no more ethics. There's no more base for civility. It's just a free-for-all. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. That's why they put in so many things in place with the Internet, with the social media, why they constantly target children, and why they're doing this in the school system. So, again, please get involved in your child's life when it comes to school. Be active in it. Do the best you can. That's why I told you guys just uh, last week we had that meeting. And uh, they've basically the group now has filed a lawsuit against the school board. This is, this is this is unlawful, it's unethical, and quite frankly, it's illegal. Telling somebody that they have to reduce their oxygen intake as a young child when we know now, and I've told you guys repeatedly the research on how important oxygen is for young children and how oxygen deprivation in young kids has permanent, long-lasting brain damage. Adults, you know, you, you deprive yourself of oxygen for a little bit, you can bounce back. You're, you're, you've already probably dealt with a lot, so it's like whatever. You're eight, nine, ten years old, and constantly all day you're dropping your O2 levels all day constantly. It has long-lasting effects that are permanent. Period. There's no rebuttal to that. These clowns know this, and it also makes kids more subservient. When you take away their identity, you take away their freedom, you take away their free will, you shove a muzzle on their face. Uh, Doug Hagman played that video, very disturbing video, of the bus driver who basically slapped the little nine-year-old girl in the face because she wouldn't pull her mask up. Now, obviously, he's, he's been arrested from what I've heard as far as – because that video now surfaced. And uh, But I, I thought to myself when I saw it, I said, you know what? That's what a lot of these guys and a lot of these individuals in these school boards – they're perverts. They're pedophiles. They are actually enjoying this. They're getting off on being able to control and basically dominate these young children. And when I saw that video the other day, it clicked. I said, that's what a lot of these guys are doing. A lot of these women, men and women, they're, they're getting this enjoyment out of this control and domination over these young children, being able to yell and scream at them and tell them to put a mask on. Don't talk. Stand in line. Stay six feet apart. Put your mask on. They enjoy it. They're that sick. And the same people are running the doggone school boards now. So be aware. Understand what they're doing with the kids. Continue to get the information out there. Also, too, in other news, the propaganda, as we have seen now, is going to an all-time high. The WHO, the World Health Organization, has now basically come out, and they've released a report calling for basically full authority for themselves and for other countries as far as the UN controls around the globe and a global surveillance system with billions of more dollars in financing they want to everybody give them money. The report released this month entitled COVID-19, Make It the Last Pandemic. <laughs> as established by the WHO, analyzed a global response to the virus and delivered a strong message for international change. They state, our message is loud and clear. No more pandemics. If we fail to take this goal seriously, we'll condemn the world to successive catastrophes. 
on the basis of its diagnosis of what went wrong on each stage of COVID-19 response, the panel makes multiple recommendations directed to ensure that a future outbreak does not become a pandemic again. And then it goes on to say they, they pretty much want to have full domineering control of the entire world is what they basically say in a nutshell. They try to make it real soft and nice and word it real politically correct. But basically what they want is they want full control, full surveillance, unlimited amounts of money, and that's where they're taking this. You now have the U.K. Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, is now suggesting that vaccine passport policies basically be implemented everywhere. And it's the cool thing to do. And anybody that questions it, well, they're crazies term he used after he would tweet he said okay ignore the crazies just download the nhs app it's amazing you take a photo of your driver's license you do a cool facial scan and everything's there covid records medical records everything i now want covid passports just so i can use it okay <laughs> make this stuff up this we put out a tweet trying to make it the new hip cool thing to do we download all of your information so you can basically be monitored, tracked, and surveilled every aspect of your life. Because remember, these apps, they're still active, guys. A lot of people forgot that they automatically downloaded these on Android and iPhones, what, 10, 12 months ago. you got to go in and physically turn off all the permissions on it. Or else it will literally monitor everywhere you go, including proximity of how close you are to certain individuals. And what's ironic about this is RT just put out an article yesterday, and it said one in ten people in the UK unknowingly had their phone data tracked after they received the COVID jab. An act privacy campaign group basically is branded deeply chilling. The data was tracked by Oxford University without permission to be used in a study commissioned by the government. The purpose was to research to see people's movement and how it changed after receiving the injection. Of the 10% of people tracked in February, scientists singled out 4,254 people that were vaccinated that monitored their movement patterns for a week before and a week after the vaccination. By comparing the movement of the vaccinated people to different groups, the scientists found that the average pre-vaccination mobility increased by 218 meters. They said, of course, the data, you know, they basically made it anonymous so they couldn't track anybody down specifically, which, I mean, they, if you guys believe that, i got a bunch of oceanfront property in Kansas for sale right now. Makes me break. This is what they do. This is what they've been doing the whole time. This isn't just new Oxford study. They're monitoring everybody. This is why they get the algorithms where they want. This is why they put media information out there and see what kind of backlash it gets. That's why I've told everybody it is so crucial. You get the information forwarded every single day, and you keep sending this stuff to people. You keep waking them up because not only does it send it to your friends and family and hopefully wake them up, but on top of that, it pushes the algorithm and skews it. So they look and they go, man, guys, we got a lot of people that are not wanting to get this injection. We got a lot of people that are not okay with experimental RNA gene editing shot. We're seeing all kinds of activity online. Every day people are forwarding this stuff out. This is, this is not okay. We're either going to have to knuckle down and try to push harder or we're going to have to back off a bit. And right now they're knuckling down. They're pushing harder, which means we have to push harder. We have to stand up stronger. We have to hold our convictions and say no. 
No, absolutely not. This is not okay. I'm not going to be okay with this. I'm not going to submit to this, nor am I going to pretend like this is okay behavior. It's not. We're about to see something that we've never witnessed here in the United States before, and that's going to be a very, very huge, huge sickness that starts occurring over the next couple of years with whatever this RNA experimental shot does and what, however it affects the body long term. We're only five months into this. Remember, the VAERS, I told you guys yesterday, there's already been more deaths from the COVID injection in five months than we've seen from all, all long rifles in the United States in the last 15 years combined, according to the FBI. That's how serious it is right now. So continue to get this information out there and do the best you can to keep waking up your friends and family, Dad. What do you think? Well, also, Austin, you know, they're pretty accurate on how many deaths there have been from long rifles. Uh, they're not accurate all in the various reporting. Yeah. Some estimates are like 1%. So if there's 4,000 people, that means there's like 400,000 dead if the real numbers are there. Even if it's 10% you know, correct, that means there's 40,000 dead, which way eclipses long gun rifles. But again, the long gun rifles is what you said the other day, and it was so so clear. You said the only reason they want to take your guns away is because they're going to do something to you in the future that's going to make you want to shoot them. <laughs> that's the only reason they're taking the guns because they want to have the totalitarian regime in Washington, D.C., which is basically turned into a communist dictatorship is what it's done, run through the international banking cartels and the bloodline families, through the lobbying groups and through the complete takeover of the judiciary in the United States and the bribing via Jeffrey Epstein, the blackmailing of all of these politicians that are basically in D.C. that are, quote, unquote, making laws for the people. We saw this the other day. When we were in the Auburndale City Commission meeting in which we saw the fact that it was already a predetermined decision before any public or group input was given by the community. I mean, it's ridiculous. They plan on what they're going to do. They do what they want to do. And it doesn't matter what the people think. In other words, it's no longer a government for we the people. It's not. It's we the politicians, we the special interest groups, and we the international bankers, and we the major corporations control the world. Whether you like it or not, we are in control because you are a peasant. We are not. And it's the craziest thing I've ever seen, and we've allowed that to happen. And again, I push it back to the pulpit and the Johnson Amendment from the 50s, including all of the stuff that's happened from a moral standpoint. It's all based – when the churches go – and I've talked about this before. I'm going to make this very short. When the churches are more concerned about how much money the pastor brings in – and how many jets the pastor has, and how many mansions the pastor has, and how if you give me your money, you'll be blessed. This whole horrible doctrine that was started by Kenyon and by, quite frankly, Oral Roberts back in the 50s and the 60s, you start to realize that, you know, all of this stuff has brought a lot of sort of, social, how should I say, hirelings into the Christian church as far as pastors. And the Bible says that when the wolf comes, the hireling flees. They want to be involved. The hireling's only there to get paid and has nothing to do with being a true disciple of Jesus and a true leader for the flock. I saw this so clearly the other day. I talked to a pastor. He's no longer in the pulpit, and he was basically fully immunized, wearing the, vac- wearing the masks, you know, following the lockstep of the entire New World Order, and was angry because the pastor of our current church walked into the church basically without a mask on, was so angry he had decided not to go back to church anymore, the old pastor, because this other pastor wanted to breathe free air. See, this is what happens when you have bad leadership in the pulpit. They can't make good decisions for themselves, nor can they make good decisions for the flock. 
By the way, UK scientists are admitting to using totalitarian fear tactics in the COVID response to control the population. Yeah, I think we all already know about the fear response we've had in the totalitarian groups. The World Health Organization now is calling for global surveillance. They want more authority over nations and billions in funding. Wow. The WHO, the WHO, Woo. The WHO published a report, COVID-19, make it the last pandemic. Well, that won't happen since they're producing these things in the laboratories. By an independent panel established by the WHO, an agency of the corrupt United Nations, that delivered their message, no more pandemics. If we fail to take this goal seriously, we will condemn the world to successive catastrophes. They will control over nations and billions in funding. Patrick Wood of the Technocracy News said that if their plan is implemented, the top political leaders of each nation will become the puppets of the World Health Organization whenever it decides to declare a pandemic. He added that nobody prevents a virus from spreading, so the call for more funding is spurious at best after contributing to one uh, to the current crisis. They want to prevent the next one. The World Health Organization is controlled through the United Nations, which is a, which is a Rothschild fiefdom control grid to basically bring the world into a new world order and a one world government. That is all it is, and we have to be clear about that. And by the way, I saw this the other day, and I want to bring it up. Amazon's Ring Home Camera System now has become the largest civilian surveillance network the U.S. has ever seen. Wow, one in ten police departments now can access videos from millions of privately owned homes through security cameras without a warrant. Once the doorbell camera users agree to release video content to law enforcement, there is no way to revoke access and few limitations on how that content can be used, stored, and with whom it can be shared. The cameras are always on. Amazon bought Ring in 2018 and has more than 1,800 partnerships with local law enforcement agencies that can request recorded video content from the Ring users without a warrant. Circumventing the Fourth Amendment, Ring creates a giant database that allows the government to analyze our every move, whether or not a crime is being committed, Amazon's yearly sale of rings are estimated into the hundreds of millions. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Put basically Big Brother right on your doorstep and let him have access to everything and everyone who comes by your house. This is nuts. Better serving you would be this, to have a private camera put up with video access to you only and not give these guys access to everyone who comes to your house to analyze what you need to have sent to you via marketing and to analyze if anything ever happens in your house and give it to law enforcement. That's some pretty draconian stuff, guys. Guys, I love you. I had the opportunity and the privilege and the pleasure to pray for you again this morning, and it means the world to me that you guys are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I really do. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And also to continue to keep standing for truth and leading by example. I continue to encourage a lot of people that right now. Leading by example is crucial. Standing up in civil disobedience and not complying with unlawful and legal demands is crucial right now. It's so important. I can't stress that anymore. That's one of the most effective things that everybody can do right now is civil disobedience. And that doesn't mean going around being obnoxious and going out of your way to try to, you know, get in people's face. What that means is not complying. The biggest thing, the biggest mistake, I should say, that we made as a country last year is we complied without question. 
And a lot of us didn't. You know, there's still a lot of us that completely and totally were refusing to comply. But for the most part, even with the lockdowns, you know, even down here in Florida, you know, everybody just kind of okay. This that's what that's what we need to do. The problem with it was, as we saw real quick, had nothing to do with health. It had nothing to do with safety and protection. It had nothing to do with trying to get people safe and keep people from getting sick. That was the last thing on the bottom of the list. So continue to stand up. Also, to another news, Alabama has now added to the list of Governor Kay Ivey has now signed legislation banning vaccine passports. As Alabama becomes the latest state to prohibit proof of vaccination to enter a business, school, or event. As you guys know, a lot of states have been doing that now, including Florida and Texas. Texas now stepped the game up. Texas now basically has the Senate bill that just passed. It's like I said, find out if Governor Abbott's going to sign it or not, that basically is going to do state-manufactured suppressors with no NFA regulation. Montana did this years ago. Incredibly important. This opens up to the truth, and people realize real fast when these bills get passed that the ATF and the NFA has been nothing more than one gigantic, illegal, gun-restricting, nightmarish alphabet agency. ATF needs to be abolished. Just throw that out there. (laughs) Thank you, my friends. Appreciate all your support. Continue to get the news information out there be sure to check out the product of the week as i said earlier the cortisol buster and the magnesium brain food on sale healthmasters.com y'all have a blessed safe awesome night we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.